You're listening to the Get Peeled Podcast, a space for life enthusiasts to get inspired, learn through others about fitness, business, relationships, and life itself. I'm your host, Tana Eden, a fitness entrepreneur that has an obsession with sweating and a burning desire to share and inspire others with the lessons that I have learned through fitness. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the Get Peeled Podcast. I'm Hannah Eden. Your host. And I am Paul Barretta, your co-host. Today we're back in Sacramento, as you can see. Ooh, yeah. Super training gym. That's right. And we have a very, very special guest today that is also the co-host of The Power Project with Mark Bell. We have Insima Inyang. Did yeah. I rep- pronounce that correctly? Well, you, my first, yeah, you said my first name right. My last name is Yang, but I just say Inyang because it's easier for everyone to say with the way my name spelled. Say it the, the right way? Yang. Yang. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Sima E. Young. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> nice. That's a, such a beautiful name. And we're going to get more into who you are, where you come from, and all of the goodness. But before we do that, I think we need to just go ahead and uh, do the mind billet. Mm-hmm. All right. Good. So this is a new product, right? Cheers. 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 Um, and I honestly don't really know much about it, so I'm not even going to try. So Nsima's going to tell us after we, uh, whoa, he's going all the way down. Whole going thing? bottoms up. I did the whole thing. Fuck if it. You've never, well, you, are, you did half the other day. Yeah. You were good. Yeah. Do the whole thing. Okay. If I get me? weird, don't worry. Yeah, Paulo, do the whole thing. You're, the old man. Yeah, do the whole thing. <laughs> You're going to be just Ooh, fine. Tastes like earth. <laughs> Still. Uh, oh, yeah. To wash it down. Wow, wow, so wow. just to fill you in on what we just took, can you tell us about Kratom a little bit? So to be perfectly honest, I don't know the technical aspects of creating that. I know that it's like in the coffee family, it's also an opioid. Um, but the way it makes me feel is I start to feel very empathetic. The initial feelings, like I just, it just feels like you're getting a warm hug. What I want to do is I want to just call the people I love and tell them I love them. Mm. Like I want to send texts to all my friends that are close and be like, how you doing, man? Are you okay? Um, no, that's how really I tell that. me, how you doing, man? That's Seriously. What you're doing to know. Seriously. Like that's, that's how it makes me, you just feel good. <clears throat> I've never been crazy high other than the time that we took Mark and I just for fuck's sake, we just took two of each. We took two of these uh-huh. each. Um, we were really fucking high during that episode. Uh, how high? Like explain really what's high. Fucking, like, like what kind of high? Like, like all I wanted to do was laugh. I was a little bit like loopy uh-huh. and um, I could still think, but it was just like, I was, I was just out. Out you know? there. And Mark was too. You could tell he was just like this. And we were, we've done shrooms on the cast too. I love that. It's been fun. But Amazing. I would just say, don't do two back. Don't do one back to back. You only need one of these if you do it in a day and you're going to feel it. So will you. It's oh, I'm so cast. excited. I am indeed. So we always start <clears throat> off with a pretty heavy introduction of who we have on the show, mm. right? But I don't know you that well, which I love because you're such a fascinating human being. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, the name of this podcast is Get Peeled. So I'm ready to start peeling the uh, layers back here so we can really get to know you. You know That's what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So as always, we always touch on personal business relationships. So let's start with personal to just understand a little bit more about you. Right. So from my Google search and my creeping hardcore over right. the past couple of nights, I've discovered that not only are you a freak, savagely beautiful, strong athlete that looks like a mutant in the best possible way, uh, but you're so well spoken. You're so polite. Mm. Like your energy is so magnetic. Like you're just a cool, rad human being. Thank you. So uh, we've got 16 years of lifting under your belt. Mm hmm. Um, I know you're into BJJ. We went over some mobility and some animal flow, body weight flow stuff That's recently. That's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's Remember, right. a bunch of ladies watching. They're true. like, fuck is this BJJ? Is ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you also played soccer <clears throat> in college, right? Yeah. 
Um, so let's talk about more about you. First of all, starting with your name. Mm-hmm. Where are you from? Uh, well, I was born here in Sacramento, um, but my family's from Nigeria. Mom and dad are from Nigeria. I have a lot of relatives back there. I went there when I was 16 and visited some my dad's family and so my mom's family. Um, but my full name is Nsima Abasi Itiente Mekenemi Usen Iyang, which means what manner of God's love is this? My wow. grandma gave which me means a few what? Names. What manner of God's love is this? It's more of a question. Um, that's the meaning of the full name. Um, but I just go by Nsima. <laughs> and, so cool. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So that's what my name means. And I'm from here. My mom raised me primarily. My dad was in the picture, but also out of the picture. Um, and yeah. That's fascinating. Now, do you think that culture has been instilled in you here in Sacramento? <clears throat> yeah, 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 definitely. Because it, it, it's interesting. Like, I have a lot of family here. And within, I guess, within African culture and within any type of immigrant culture, there's a big uh, backbone and stress on education, which for me, I dropped out of college like junior year. So my whole family was like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Um, but there's a big stress on education growing up. Like my life was literally playing soccer. And if I wasn't playing soccer, I was studying. Um, I didn't really do sleepovers or anything like that. Like I, I did hang out with people here and there, but there was, there was not a lot of that. It was like, like everything was, you're going to go to college. You're going to either become a doctor, lawyer, engineer, and then you, that's how you're going to live your life, which was good because it gave me, uh, uh, it gave me some, I guess, structure. And I really do like having an element of structure, but I also don't like being told what to do. I like my freedom, which is why I left college and started doing what I do. That's a story in and of itself. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of culture. There's a lot of, uh, well, I mean, within my, within my family, there's a lot of Christianity and it's, that's an interesting thing because as I started to get older, I am very grateful for the things and the morality that I learned from the religion, but there's a lot of things behind it that I'm just a little bit, uh, mm, that just rubs me the wrong way Mm -hmm. in terms of maybe the way that they treat certain, some treat certain communities like, you know, there was the whole gay marriage thing and I'm back in what, 29, 2009, 2010. And I was like, if this whole religion's about love, why are we not loving these people that just seem to, you know, like the same sex? There shouldn't yeah. be anything against that. So there's, yeah. there's a bit of that. But overall, I believe that the cultural input into myself has been of benefit overall. Awesome, man. Amazing. Awesome. I, well, yeah. I, I have one quick question. It's a very stupid one. No stupid questions, babe. <clears throat> no stupid not one. Here, well, funny question. Um, Starbucks. Yeah. What name do you give? Uh, it's either Bo or Mike or come on, give me up here. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. I just like, I think it was a few days ago, two or three went to Starbucks and I always give Clint. That's my Starbucks name. Clint? And then I said, yeah. very American. Right. I'm like, you can't get it wrong, but yeah. I, I feel you, man, because every time it's like Paulo, Paulo, Bulo, Pulo, Pablo. So I go Clint. And whenever I know that I meet someone with a very exquisite, beautiful name, I'm like, I bet you that they give That's a Starbucks so name. Yeah. Mike. Starbucks name. Bo. Yeah, yeah. I love Bo. Bo. Bo just, is great. Just single Bo. syllable names. Oh, yeah. You know, even if you spell it like it, it doesn't take much effort on their part and there's no repetition of the name. So I do that everywhere. It's just whatever single syllable name comes to mind. I'm not married to one. It's just single syllable, easy to spell. Make it easy for them and for me. I See? love that. I See? love that. We all have it. Yeah, man. She has Penelope. No, I don't. I was going to say, like, that's, <laughs> well, actually, it's easy to spell, you know. Um, it's easy to understand. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah, yeah. It's true. 
Cool. So you as a person, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever I Google you and I see all these things, I see what we have now. I, now, just from glancing on your profile, going through a couple of videos, clearly you have a very strong support system. And from what you've just shared with us right now, as a human being, um, I want to know more about as to why you dropped out of college. I think that's, yeah. that's big. Yeah. Um, but you're a very unique kind of guy. And I think you as a person and all the decisions that you've made and all of the events that have happened have led you to be right here as mm-hmm. the co-host. So what gets you going? What makes you tick? Like, what do you get off on? <laughs> Tell me. Um, that's not porn, by the way. Yeah, that's not porn. That's a whole other thing. Huh? Uh, but I think one thing is I'm, I'm really, I'm always grateful that I have the opportunity to be on the podcast and that I was asked to be on the podcast. I don't know if it was like, what, two and a half or so years ago. Because I think that there was a point when I was like working with people that I got really comfortable in what I knew and what I knew was working. So because it was working, I kind of just, I slowed down on my knowledge acquisition. I mean, I slowed down on reading new things, learning new things in terms of fitness. Um, and I was like, well, this works for people. This type of nutrition works for people. This type of training works for people. These people are wrong because they're doing this. And I kind of fell into the lane of, well, this is what the research and all the, like, I just fell into that line. Um, and I think being on the podcast, because we're able to get such a breadth of different people on it opened up my mind to understanding that there is way more ways to skin a cat Mm. as in there's so many ways to get to the same type of fitness goal than just doing some type of specific periodization type program you can do you can do you can do so many different things and you can also do so many different things as far as your nutrition is concerned and then as i started to just become more open to that i just started becoming more open as an individual to not bash things before i actually give it a true shot um and that's what excites me these days like that's why I, there's never a dull day for me to ever come to this podcast. I'm always excited. Uh, even when it's just us three, Andrew, Mark, and myself, amazing. But when it's a guest, and let, let's say that the guest is bringing something to the table that we don't do currently, and that most people in the field are going to be like, that's bullshit. I'm, I'm so stoked because there is something that that person's doing that is probably pretty cool. And through conversation, we're able to really dig in on that and we're able to see, wow, this can really work for us. Or, wow, this is this is actually really dope. Uh, an example of this is we just had Joel Seedman on the podcast. Do you guys know who Joel Seedman is? I do not. Do you, baby? I don't. I don't. Joel Seedman, if, if people go to his profile, he works with a lot of professional athletes and people will see him doing very, like he, he, he has certain claims like the 90 degree squat, meaning just squatting in a 90 degrees, not, let, not going any lower than that is full range of motion. 90 degree joint angles, full range of motion. And people within the field, after we had him on the podcast, people within the field are still somewhat bashing him because it's, you know, people are like ATG squats, ass to grass, you know, you should be squatting deeper, et cetera. But through our conversation, you know, and it was a conversation. It wasn't like we brought Joe on so we could try to bash him. We brought him on so we could learn more of why you do what you do. Um, I saw, I started to understand the validity of what he was doing with his pro athletes, even though there are so many individuals like, for example, I saw some comments from Jeff Nippard or Mike Isertel, and they were, they're kind of bashing his stuff, but with what he's doing, working with professional athletes, not letting them go into certain positions that are dangerous, still handling massive loads, contextually, what he's doing actually makes a lot of fucking sense. Yeah. And a lot of people, because they do something a certain way, they're not open to trying to see the context of why someone does what they do. Because it's different, it's wrong. Right. And I don't have that mindset anymore. More so if I see something that's different from what I'm doing, I'm like, why are you doing that? Let's explain it. And then I can figure out if it's something that's really beneficial or not. Which is fascinating. Um, And just touching on the conversation that we just had with Mark or 
the fact that you left college to pursue a different route, the fact that your parents had shown you and exposed you to certain things within your culture, but your mindset is mature enough and aware enough to acknowledge, respect what is being shown to you or demonstrated, but then Mm -hmm. you also have enough capacity within your own brain to go, huh, I'm going to not judge it. I'm going to see it, understand it, and then try and process it in your own way. Yeah. Now, is this because it's just happened over time? Or do you think that every decision you've made, such as not continuing to pursue the career or the path that you were put on when you went to college, like all of these things that you've done that may be seen as like, oh, you're going in a different direction that could be seen as wrong actually was the right thing. But because your perspective is open enough to see this has taught me enough, but it's not where I want to go and have the acknowledgement to, to make a pivot is a big step because most people don't do that. They stay, they commit to college. They're like, fuck, well, now I've just put four years of T- of my time into this that means that now i have to go on to this career and mm-hmm. that means now i have to work at this job for 25 years and work my way up like it's a different mindset so i'd love to hear more about that if you've ever struggled with it is it something that's happened over time but share yeah. that with us if you and what are you going to college for i'd love to know yeah too. biomedical sciences initially i wanted okay. to go towards being a doctor um <laughs> and i wish i volunteered because th- what caused me to leave college was i started volunteering in the uc davis er when i was a junior um, and i did that for about eight months i was volunteering there maybe 10 to 12 hours a week um and i didn't just spend the time volunteering in the hospital i also spent the time getting to know a lot of doctors and talking to them about what they did on a day-to-day basis i also saw like three deaths which i realized i don't like seeing death it doesn't make me feel good and one thing that i noticed was like i talked to a few doctors after those experiences i'm like how do you feel now like you see a lot of this i've seen i've seen three deaths in an eight month period you must have seen a lot they're like uh it doesn't really bother me anymore and when i heard that i was like hmm. Definitely I, live. yeah like I, I don't want to become too calloused to an individual dying in front of me mm-hmm. right right that's one thing that'll just i feel like that drains on your soul and you have to adapt um but the other thing is like I talked to a lot of doctors about if they enjoyed what they were doing and where they were at that time. And what I, what a lot of responses, a few, quite a few of them like, were like, yeah, making great money feeds my family. I like what I do here. And a lot of them were like, Hey, if you know, this isn't where you want to be. First off, you got to understand you will be working in a hospital for a lot of years and then Mm -hmm. you'll retire, but this is where you're going to be for a lot of hours of your day. You need to think about that because this is where you're going to be spending your time Mm -hmm. and it's great money. But if you know that this isn't where you want to spend your time, maybe you should think of something else. Mm-hmm. And I knew that in the future, I want to have a family. I want to be able to spend as much time with my kids as I would personally yes. like. And I don't want to be spending most of my time in a hospital. Right. And when I realized that, I was like, okay, so this shit really isn't going to work, is it? <laughs> like I, a few of those docs were also like that, that there was a few that were just like, yeah, I wish I could do something else, but I'm making good money. My family depends on this. Do I have a booger in my right nostril, by the way? No. No. Okay, thank you, Jesus. Sorry, right. I'll let you know if you have one hanging. Okay. Um, <laughs> but they're like, you know, uh, I, I have these people I need to take care of, so I can't just leave and go do the thing I want to do. I'm right. too invested. And I also knew that like, fuck, if I already know that I hate being in these walls, I like being outside, I like sunlight, I like to move, and I, you know, this isn't the lifestyle I want to live. I didn't know what else I wanted to do at that point. The mm-hmm. only reason I wanted to be a doctor was because I like, I like fixing things. That's mm-hmm. like my thing. I like figuring out solving problems, but I also like helping people. Like I, I like to, that was the reason I wanted to become a doctor because I wanted to heal people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what other way can I do that? Well, I'm already, I know a lot about fitness. I've been doing that for a while. And the only option for me at that time was like, 
well, go work in a gym and see what the fuck happens. So I dropped out and I started working in a gym in sales. And then I started working in a private gym as a trainer. And then I started working with people online. And then I started working here with Slingshot and still working with people online. But it allows me to do stuff with people and heal people in, in, in a sense without having to go the pharmaceutical route. Um, mm -hmm. And it allows me freedom. You know, it allows me the freedom yeah. for when I do have a wife and kids. Yeah. I'm not married to some area. I'm, I don't have a boss that's breathing down my neck to be there for hours, multiple hours each day. I like freedom and mm -hmm. I want to keep that. And what was that time span that you just said? Dropped out, did one, two, three, ended up here. Mm -hmm. Was it three years ago? How old were oh, you? Yeah. I, I, okay, Your so family probably went in SEMA. I didn't tell my mom when I dropped out. Uh -huh. I, I didn't tell her until about um, a year later when I was actually making some money at, um, like as a trainer. Oh my um, so she thought I was in school for a good amount of time because I knew. And once I told her and other families started to learn that I, I left college, my uncles were calling me like, and Seema, your mom has worked so hard, you know, oh, don't, man. don't do like, Guilt. but you know what? I'm thankful for that pressure because that pressure was something that was like, Hey, I, like, I always knew my mom worked hard. Like I always knew that, like I needed to make sure that I was good. Um, but, you know, I, I think that pressure was good for me because I was like, well, you made that decision. So you better not fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so I left school at 21 and then I was working at 24 hour fitness in their membership sales from 21 to 22 started. No, 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 no. I didn't leave school at 21. I left school at, it was either not, 20, 20 worked at 24 for a year, started training people at the, at a private gym for two and a half years, left. And I left training people in person because the number one thing that pissed me off about in-person training was I'd be there sitting at 5 a.m. And then my client that was supposed to be there at 5 would be like, 520, sorry, Nsima, can't make it. I was uh, like, mother, you know, yeah. I got up yeah, early yeah, this yeah. morning. So that's yeah. what I realized, yo, you need to figure out how to do this on the internet. Um, and the way I figured out, I, I, I have to give the credit to Alberto Nunez. Do you guys know what Alberto Nunez is? You mentioned his name. I started following him. Bodybuilder, I, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Natural bodybuilder. Yeah. I love Alberto. Also, I need to give credit to Paul Urciaga because Paul Urciaga was the person who first ever prepped me for a bodybuilding show. But Alberto Nunez, the reason why I worked with him was number one, I knew that he could prep me really well for bodybuilding. Um, but also I wanted to learn how he worked with people online. Cause at that time he was working with this team, 3DMJ, love all of them. Jeff, Alberto, Eric, Andrea, Brad, amazing, amazing coaches. Um, but I, I, I was like, dude, I need to learn how you do this online. I, so I, I just asked for him for like all the books he read on programming, um, his suggestions for how I do things. And I like, I was paying for him as my coach, but I was also using him as a resource to learn how to take mm -hmm. things digital. That's amazing. And I learned a lot and I'm always thankful to Alberto. I love that man. I love all of them, but I, Alberto, he has a special place in my heart. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. That's very cool. And clearly, um, just from the conversations we've had, which I'm trying to create a TikTok account. And Let's this go. Is, this is my guy Let's right go. here. Because you have, what's your following on TikTok? Um, 392, 392,000 now. So that's pretty incredible, man. And TikTok is a great place. It is. And so yeah. I'm learning a lot. But from us learning and having other peers or meeting other people in the industry, yeah. a lot of people, for some reason, like feel like their knowledge is so valuable that they can't share it right mm -hmm. it's a, or everyone else is a, com a competitor and if you offer value mm -hmm. to, for someone else to build their platform then it's going to take away from yours and i've noticed over time that the people that are really successful are the most generous people with information and they genuinely want to help people 
succeed as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed that whenever you helped me out with the TikTok thing, you're like, oh yeah, I got some stuff for you. And you sent me this note. It was like, here's step one, here's step two. I'm like, this I is love awesome. Yeah. This is amazing. And, and I, I read it, by the way. <laughs> awesome. I keep giving him shit. Like, have you read the note yet? I'm going to oh, add yeah. more stuff to it, by the way. So oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the ability mm-hmm. to share and not be selfish, I think is really, really cool. And something that most people that are successful do. So whenever you're wondering, oh man, should I share this piece of information? Should I connect these people together? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I believe in karma and it's going to come back around. And there's enough humans on this planet mm-hmm. for all of us to win. Um, and it's really ultimately, if your goal is to change people's lives, based back to our conversation this morning, then why would you put any roadblocks in the way from stopping or in the way to make people not be able to do that, right? Yeah. So. I'm grateful for it. Yeah. I think that Alberto led the way for the for you on that and oh, you're now passing did. it on, you know? So I think yeah. that's really cool. Really, really cool. Thank you. Uh, by the way, you guys feeling that Kratom? Oh, yeah. Me too. I kind of want to hug. Do you guys want to hug? How do you, My hug eyes feel a little Good heavy. Good hug. My eyes feel a little heavy. I love it. They do. And <laughs> is, I'm, that, I'm like, is that what it is? I'm like leaning a little bit and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just kind of want to touch this. Right? My, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm like, you know, Careful. Watch out. No, but it does. It feels very mellow and relaxed. It does feel like, mellow. I feel that. My shoulders are, and, I told you, know, you guys. going. Yeah. Next thing I'm going to be like, yeah. like melting. <laughs> I like it. It's yeah. good. It is indeed. Mind bullet, people. Mind bullet. Mind That's bullet. the way to go. It really is. And I'll be honest with you, like I, I did this on on my thirtieth as well in Sedona mm-hmm. in a like a juice shop and they put a shit ton in my drink and Kratom? I remember Yeah. Oh shit. And so I felt not good. I felt like, oh my gosh, I feel I felt drunk. Not good. Mm-hmm. I felt not good. I didn't feel good. <laughs> the dosage you probably got. You remember when I mentioned that I took two of these? Yeah. That was probably your dosage. Yeah. Because like it when it gets there, like that's when I took two of those potions. I also felt kind of wobbly and drunk and not the greatest. Like I was too high. Yeah. You know? So that's probably how what happened high to you. is too high. So we have this saying how high we had a friend <clears throat> smoking some weed and they're yeah, like, yeah. not often. And they're like, uh-huh. guys, how high is too high? I'm like, that high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're probably there, my man. It looks you're like you found there. it, my friend. Yeah, you're there. I will. I will say this also because people, they're probably going to go buy these. Yo, uh, start with the pills. Start with the capsules uh-huh. because this is equivalent to eight to ten capsules. Whoa. Wow. Okay. So Whoa. if you ease yourself into this thing, like they told me, three caps to but start you're, with. You're a big guy. What the fuck. You're, no, a, big not, you're a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're a big guy. I know what a big guy looks like. You're a big guy. He's a big guy. <laughs> not a big guy. I'm fucked. But but yeah, like get the capsules first. Start with like two capsules or three capsules, and then if you're, you're cool with that, then you could you could try a party with a potion. But I'd even say start with half a potion first. See how you feel. Because our buddy Andrew, who's helping us produce this man, his first yeah. experience with kratom yeah, with with a potion. Oof. Well, no what, what ha- Andrew, what happened, man? Yeah, sure. I'll turn my mic on. No, I just my camera's off though. But no, I um I was fasting. And then I took a whole potion and like I held on for the podcast as long as I could, but <laughs> the the lights were starting to like, you know, like, like, whoomp, whoomp. Oh, like I could man. like, like see the frequencies and stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is I think scary. I'm tripping like, oh, like, you know, and you, you're having this internal conversation with yourself. And that's when you also you've had an experience 
you're like, okay, yep, yeah, I'm definitely way too high. I'm talking to myself oh, still. Fuck. Yeah. And then at, towards fuck. the end of the podcast, I got real nauseous. So it was not a good experience. So when these guys were like, nah, take a whole a whole potion, I'm like, guys, you can't be telling people to be doing that. <laughs> Don't like, do it. Thank you. You know, I'm like, thank I'm you. Like, just tell them to do half. Like, it's pretty hard to even measure half. Like, they'll probably take a little bit more. Like, it'll be fine. No, do the whole thing. Come on, yeah. bottoms up. It's like, guys, let's slow down. Like, you don't understand. Yeah. That's why I told you to take half. Thank you. And that's Thank why I was like, told me to take whole. Because you're, because you're, you're a bigger guy. You're a big, but okay. Mark, let me tell you this about Mark. Mark is a dude that's just like, hey, let's just go. He, his body can just handle so much. Like, in terms of just dosages of anything, Mark is like, because we, we must streams it, right? So Mark, Mark, he could just, he can not, like, he can handle a lot. His, he's very resilient. Mm -hmm. So when he tells people to do things, like if he ever told, when he told me to try shrooms, I was like, he told me try this and I took half. Because I know that Mark's, <laughs> Mark's, what he he's tell me to do. Fuck. Yo, that man wants to, he wants to kill me. So that's funny. We, uh, yeah. so past <clears throat> previous relationship or kind of feelings towards substances and stuff has not been great for me. So I've been a little bit aware of what the decisions are that I make. Right. Yeah. And the times that I have ever taken shrooms in my previous life was with the goal to get fucked up, mm. right? Which was horrible. I had the worst experience ever. I dabbled with like mescaline once and it was just not a good space for me. Mescaline? Mescaline is like a synthetic form of mushrooms, right? Oh, okay. Um, and it was horrible mm. and it was like scarring experiences. So our friend that recently came to visit, uh, the CEO of Gainsbox, we were talking about microdosing and we had got our hands on some some really good mushrooms and stuff but we're like man i'm i'm nervous right yeah. I, they're in the fridge can you check them out because i don't know what's going to happen mm -hmm. whatever so i'm like all right let's do it so he's like telling me how he breaks them down he grinds them up puts them into capsules and stuff does his own thing so he knows exactly what's going on and then the feeling that he has is just like a relaxed brain so when you start yeah. yawning like all this stuff i'm like all right let's give it a go mm -hmm. so we go on a hike and uh, it's about six miles, it. a shroom hike, shroom always hike. In, in, in nature. <laughs> and uh, man, on the way there, we hadn't taken any. And I'm like, this is cool. It's great. And we ate them and we went the same route on the way back. Mm -hmm. All of us are like, wow. Look at these the rocks. The rocks are green. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Everything was just enhanced and didn't enhanced. feel fucked up. Gotta love it. Enhanced. Um, but yeah, it was a really saying. cool experience. Hey. But we got too confident. Uh huh. So then the evening <clears throat> afterwards, he's like, hey, not only do I have these capsules, but I have this chocolate bar. And on the back, it was like, one square, you're going to feel all right. Two squares, you're going to feel like a goddess. Three squares, you're going to like get your world rocked. Four squares, the walls are going to melt and like your face is going to turn into a, a cartoon or something crazy. Psilocybin We're like, was uh, in the chocolate too. Is this mm -hmm. a yeah, mushroom? Yeah. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. So he's like, oh, well, then if it says four, like <clears> let's <throat> go way underneath that. And I was really nervous. So I think we had like two squares or something like that. I didn't enjoy myself. Everything started at all fun and games. We're playing deal, Monopoly deal game. And then all of a sudden I can see everyone just change. Paolo's yeah. like, oh, totally like introverted. Yeah, got I get really in. fucking weird. Couldn't take any jokes. We thought everyone that was joking with him was like super serious. Yeah. I'm seeing Brian like one minute smiling, the next minute like, like this. I'm it's going, weird, man. we're outside, right? We have an RV that's tiny. So then I'm going, 
I, I really want to go inside. Like, I don't want to be here right now, but I'm like, oh my gosh, if I go inside, that means that the space is this big. That means everything's going to come in. All of us were having a horrible experience. Didn't like it. So don't follow the instructions of that fucking chocolate because no. that was terrifying and yeah. my face was literally melting off my yeah, body. I went to lay rope and then I cut myself just I looking at my that. toes. What? For like 10 minutes. I went to the bathroom, remember? And you if guys. If you didn't hear that, that was, uh, he went to lay rope, which means he went to take a shit. That's, and I'm yeah. sitting down, and I'm looking at my toes. I'm like, man, my toes. <laughs> and I kept looking at it for 10 minutes. I'm like, I got to get out of here. I need to end this night. I need to <laughs> yeah. go to bed. Yeah. Not fun. No. Yeah. Uh, so shrooms are really fun if you can dose it right, you know, because mm -hmm. it was an enhanced experience of life that was fun, magical, colorful. But then just stepping over the line just a little bit too far was fucking terrifying and traumatizing. Absolutely. But it goes back to what you were saying, Seema. It was like, uh, there's this. Am I going to judge it before I try it? Like, give everything a try. Especially mm -hmm. now, the where we live, politically, culturally, it's the whole, oh, you see it this way? I don't see it that way. We can't speak. Like, divide. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than, oh, that's how you see it. Let me help. Like, please help me understand why you see it like that. Um, and that's one of the things that we did in the strip. Like, let's not, let's go out and experiment, dude. It was like, man, let's live. Let's learn and then basically create your own perception of whatever it is that you're doing. And mm -hmm. that was one of the times I'm like, well, let's microdose and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was epic. Yeah. So, so real, I want, I want to go on that real quick. So as far as shrooms are concerned, I <laughs> think that sh like psilocybin and every, you know, if anyone needs, just be careful. If you want to head into any substance, kratom, psilocybin, whenever I think about these things, I like to just dip my toes in before I go on the deep end. I, I, because I'm, I, I'm very careful with substances because of some stuff that happened with my family. Um, but psilocybin for me has been something that has helped me to uh, get better at getting rid of the blockage to taking action on things. Mm -hmm. So I'm someone who can, I think about, I have the sense of thinking about all angles of situations and it's played really well for me, but it's stopped me from doing too many things that I definitely should have done. Right. I think myself out of things. Um, so that it's helped me just to be able to get better at taking more action over time and just not giving a fuck. Um, and like, like, just like you said, you're 30, you don't feel like you give a fuck. I really don't feel like I give a fuck at all these days. I just wrote so that good. down. <laughs> I was about to say, well, just wait till you turn 30. Yeah. It's going to happen even more, man. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm and, and it's also because of the people I'm able to be around here. Like Mark is the king of not giving a fuck about shit. But, um, I just, I'm able to just do more of the things that I've been wanting to do. And it feels amazing. And I think psilocybin's helped a little bit with that, but also on what you were saying, Paulo, um, people not being able to have conversations. Now I think I have the best conversations with people I disagree with mm -hmm. and they're just civil and I like it. I, I for, first off, when I have conversations, I want people to poke holes in my ideas. I'm, I'm seeking that because if you can poke holes in my ideas, number one, if you prove me, prove me wrong, great. I've changed my opinion on something. Mm -hmm. But number two, if I can, if I can give a real reason why what I'm talking about has legitimacy, that I'm getting, that I'm understanding more about why this actually is good. Yep. I can't be in my own eco chamber. I know that if everyone around me agrees with me, that's a bad place to be. Mm -hmm. You know 100%. what I mean? So that's, that's a huge thing for me. I, I make friends with people that disagree with me politically, whatever. Um, but I seek that. Yeah, and it's become yeah. even harder for that to happen because nowadays social media is still in a certain way yeah. that you're only fed what you want to see, mm -hmm. period. Yeah. It, oh, if, if your algorithm, if uh, all the data points that they analyze from us and it's 
hundreds of thousands on Facebook, on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So they tailor all the message to you. Yeah. Yeah. So you're only surrounded by what you like, what you want to see, what you agree with. Yeah. It becomes really hard for you to seek difference. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we should celebrate. Absolutely. But I have a couple of things that I heard you say, yeah. and I want to go back to you as a person, right? Yeah. You did a bodybuilding show. Oh, yeah. Yes. Tell me about that. <laughs> Good, baby. I did a few. Um, I think I've done about <clears throat> 13 or 14 wow. shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last competition I did was in 2015, WNBF Worlds 2015. Um, I, I, so I've got my natural pro card in three different organizations, the NGA, the WNBF, and the INBA. Uh, but the WNBF has the best level of competition. So that's the pro card that I'm proud about. Awesome. Um, I got fifth in the world as far as, far as heavyweights are concerned wow. uh, in the WNBF and Worlds. And that was, that was pretty cool. Um, but bodybuilding was super fun. You know, it, I think it's interesting kind of how goals change over time because after I finished Worlds in 2015, and Alberto Nunez is the one who coached me for that show. Um, Wait, I 2015, I'm sorry. You were 22? Yeah. 2015. Yeah, I was 22. Yeah. Oh my wow. gosh. I yeah, can't yeah, wait yeah. to see these pictures. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, right? it, it, it's, it's, on my, it's on my profile. Those pictures are all there. Um, but, you know, my goal after that show was like, I was so pumped about what I was doing at that point. I'm like, you know, let, let's see where I can be in terms of bodybuilding the next two or three years. I can't wait to go and do worlds again. Uh, by the time I'm 30, I can't wait to be, oh, be a world champion in, in this or whatever. Um, and then, you know, a few weeks later, I started, or a few months later, I started training at super training and doing powerlifting. And it was, it was amazing because I knew that I could use powerlifting as a way to train and get stronger and get bigger in my off season. Um, but as I started doing powerlifting, I, I also discovered jujitsu after that. And when I discovered jujitsu, it kind of brought me back to when I was a kid. I played a lot of soccer and I was able to move my body well. So I was like, fuck, I want to find something that lets me move my body and use my body and bodybuilding. As much as I love training, I love the training. Um, you know, you, you're training and then you get cut and then you, you're on stage for a few minutes. Literally, you're on stage for probably four, five minutes. That's it. Over. Yeah. All that preparation for being on stage four or five minutes for a subjective competition right. where Ooh. if the judges, if there's anything political or like this actually happened to me mm-hmm. when I competed in Canada, the picture, this makes me sound real salty, but I competed in Canada and I, I got second in this show and uh, the guy who beat me, um, even the president of the WNBF was like, dude, that's no, that shouldn't have happened. The guy who beat me was a hometown local. Mm. And I was just like, huh. mm-hmm. the fact that the way for me to win is in somebody else's hands. I don't like that. You know what I mean? I, I want to be able, if I lose, it's because I wasn't good because soccer of you, yeah. because of me, soccer team mm-hmm. sport. But at the end of the day, if y'all lost y'all as a team lost because you got mm-hmm. more goals scored on you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when I found jujitsu, number one, I was able to learn how to move the body. Well, uh, I was, it, it allowed me to just improve as far as my body awareness and all that but number two it's a one-on-one competition you compete against somebody they tap you you lost because your skill wasn't there and it's all your fault yeah like i liked that and also i like the 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 fact that i could just move better Mm -hmm. like i I, in 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 bodybuilding you know it's bodybuilding training you're stuck in these one-dimensional planes powerlifting squat bench deadlift and all your trainings revolving around squat bench deadlift so i was thinking about the long-term implications of only training powerlifting and i was like after a while, I'm going to get bored of this. Yeah. This isn't something I can do yeah. until I'm 70 or 80. But when I found jujitsu, I was like, God damn, like I can do this until the day that I die. Mm-hmm. Like, like I can do grace. Huh? Yeah. 
like Elio Gracie. Like Elio Gracie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like you're just, an old man kicking right? everyone's ass. Yeah. And and that got me pumped. So uh, and also, I mean, I can still lift, and the lifting has gone really well with jujitsu. Um, so I. I know for a fact that that is something that I'm going to continue doing until I die. I don't know if I'm going to ever step on a bodybuilding stage right. again. I still have my pro card. Mm -hmm. This is interesting. Yeah. So I have right. questions about the bodybuilding yeah. rigs. Let's my go. best friend and also the girl that was by my side as I built the whole business was mm -hmm. a bikini competitor ah. and she had her pro card. And I've never really known or been exposed to that world, right? Mm -hmm. But I remember just watching her and the discipline, the focus, the commitment to that style of training is absolutely admirable yeah. the transformation that she made with her body was so impressive mm -hmm. and the fact that she could sit outside and eat fucking cold tilapia and green beans out of a ziploc bag while we're all enjoying like it's really tough. good burgers and stuff it showed me so much <laughs> yeah but i saw her every day and i saw how much she loved training and yeah. she got into fitness through rugby which is a performance sport mm -hmm. and like badass chick loved lifting heavy loved doing all these things but as she was getting closer towards showtime it was like you can't lift anymore no more lifting no more of this no more of that she was miserable and it was like i remember sitting down and asking her one day like hey why do you compete if you don't get to do what you love the most it's like my coach is saying that my legs are getting too big or this that and the other mm -hmm. and i was like wow and I, I we left it at that and then many months goes by and she stops me and she's like you know what you're right dude I either need to go up a category so I can do what I love mm -hmm. or get out of this because mm -hmm. it was, she was such a babe, but she was like, it's so subjective. If the, if the judge likes blondes, I'm mm -hmm. brunette. That's not yeah. going to help me. Yo, or bikini if, is bikini, so much more subjective. Crazy. You, like, you don't have to get crazy lean. You have to have <clears> that bikini body. So if, yeah, it's, it's so subjective. And it was like, okay, now your legs are a little too hard or oh. now they're a little too big. And so I asked her then after that and I would watch her weight fluctuate right so she'd be zero percent body fat absolutely amazing win a show and then we'd go out that night and she's like cramped over in pain because we're going for milkshakes and fries and it's like such a big drastic difference that was yeah. happening that <clears throat> i know myself and mark said yesterday like have you ever competed or would you ever compete i don't think i could do it because i know myself well enough and i know my past relationship with food hasn't been great mm -hmm. but i think it would build this complex in my mind because when you're able to get your body to look a certain way that you stand on stage for however many minutes yeah. that's not sustainable but that's what your brain holds on to so then it compares every exactly. other state to that state so i'm very curious to know now how you feel about your aesthetics how your relationship it was with food did it ever affect you from a male standpoint is that something that happens and in that industry as well with men so it it absolutely does but i'm in a very different place i am now than i was in 2015 in 2015 when i was dieting my fats got down to like 30 to 40 grams for a guy that's my size that's, yeah. that's really low fat and as we know fat has a massive effect on hormonal health yes mm -hmm. um especially when fats are low when carbs are low if you have enough fat in your diet hormonally you could be okay but when your fats are low Pretty much my libido was gone for the last 24 weeks of prep. I prepped for 40 weeks. It was a 40 week prep. Okay. The reason why that sounds like long is because when you, most people think about bodybuilding, they're thinking within the realm of the NPC, the NPC, they don't drug test. So that's why a lot of these athletes can get shredded in like eight weeks, 12 weeks. Right. right. Um, when you do it without the use of drugs, you need a longer time to actually get stage lean. That's why my prep was 40, 40 So weeks. wait. Everyone in that um, 
from the organization gets tested. Yeah. Oh, du- I didn't know that there was an oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The WNBF does drug testing. <clears throat> um, your analysis and they also do polygraph. <laughs> the polygraph's pretty fucking good. Whoa. They've caught a few people with the polygraph. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What? So exactly. So it was it was forty weeks for the last twenty four weeks I had no libido. So I, the girlfriend I was dating at that time she was like, what's going on? What like, like, is it me? <laughs> like, like, no, it's not you. It's quite literally like, I didn't even know what was going on at that point because I've ne- I was never, I was never at that stage before. But later on I was learning. I learned that like, whoa, when your fats are that low, your hormone, your hormones get affected. So my assumption, even though I didn't have blood panel done, is like my testosterone was probably tanked. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, <laughs> literally it, I didn't, wasn't able to get my sex drive back until I think four months or five months post show. Wow. So that means my sex drive was gone for 10 months. Wow. I I didn't, I, I didn't even care. All Mm -hmm. I cared about was food. I had a sexual relationship with food. Um, so that was one thing that I I don't miss. Yeah. But when I said that I'm a different place now than I was then, the thing is, is like now if I were to prep for a show, I could be stage lean in 12 weeks because, uh, I'm number one, my diet's very different. I eat really high fats. I have a lot of expenditure as far as jujitsu is concerned, which over the years has allowed me to maintain a a large, but also lean physique. Mm -hmm. And I know that if I prep again, as long as my fats are high, I won't need, like I won't have any hormonal drawbacks. Um, So I think that's one thing within the realm of bodybuilding that people should, like people have already actually started doing that more because the old way of dieting would have you on low fats, but we know Mm -hmm. that that affects your hormones. So you can get people really lean, but just make, keep their fats higher. If you can keep their fats higher, their hormones will probably be okay. And uh, they'll just be overall healthier leading into the show and coming out of the show. Um, But as far as like the body, the the way I looked at the body aspect of things back in 2015, I was really happy with how I ended up on stage. And, you know, I did like that body, uh, but I was under the assumption. I really did think because of the way I felt being that lean, I was like, anyone that's actually staying close to this lean, they have to be on drugs. That was, that was my point of view. Cause I'm like, how can you look like this? Mm -hmm. Right. And function, uh, there's no way you have, like you can be this lean if you're taking something. Right now that I'm close to that lean and I'm not taking anything, I'm like, ah, you can do this through with your diet. Like if you're eating right, you can do, you can, you can look so lean. I'm like, and I'm not stage lean because I don't have like lines in my glutes or anything. Mm-hmm. I was gonna, I was about to say, what is the glutes. difference? Because dude, you Jesus. look like you couldn't lose any more fat. Yeah, I, I can get, I can lose about. Right now I'm 240. If I were stage lean. I need to be about 226. Holy shit. So, so you, that's the difference. The difference is that you'd see lines in my glutes. I have lines in my hamstrings right now, but you'd see even sharper lines there. I could, I can get there and I can, I could get there with keeping my fats high and feeling good, but I still mm. would never want to be that as far as performance. I couldn't perform right. well. There. Right. This is my performance body composition. I can do jujitsu. I can lift strong in the gym. I have my sex drive is good. Um, <laughs> and I you hear that? Amazing. Everyone, okay. <laughs> live like, life. My, yeah. I, I can live life yeah. this way. Nothing, nothing about what I do is hard. It's all habitual. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel like I'm trying. So I know That's it can amazing. be done. It just matters what you do with your food. Did you That's ever amazing. have like? Um, did you ever suffer from like body dysmorphia? Did you ever get in your head about po- like right after the show was done if you weren't? in the state that you were prior like mm. did you ever have that I, i'm super curious because mm. i always whenever i talk about stuff from a girl's point of view i've had a couple times that 
males have reached out and been like, well, you know, that happens to guys too. It so does. I want to put this out there to know like, hey, I'm not, I'm not a guy, so I wouldn't know, but I'd love mm -hmm. to hear that kind of insight from someone like yourself. Yeah. So there, there was a, I mean, I knew that I had to gain body fat back so I can get healthy and I did. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was always this thing in my mind, like, damn, I wish I could be that lean and, and like perform well. Mm -hmm. like, I really want that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think I ever had body dysmorphia, but I also, there's an aspect of, um, understanding that I have for especially younger cats these days that are like 17, 18 that do, because when I started training, there was no Instagram, there was no mm -hmm. TikTok, there was no social media for me to compare mm -hmm. myself to other people. So when my when my mom got me a gym membership when I was 13 um, and I was training in the gym, I just trained I, and I, I fell in love with the process of training. I wasn't like trying to get a certain body. At that time, I needed to train uh, because I, I had something called Oshkut Slaughter. I don't know yeah. if you guys, you know what yeah. Oshkut Slaughter is? Yeah, so I, couldn't, I couldn't run for three years. Oh man. So I played soccer from the age of six to 13. 13 I get Oshkut Slaughter I'm soccer's taken away I can't play it anymore oh man that's the only time my, that's one of the times in my life where I got like actual anxiety and my mom's like this kid needs to go do something got me a gym membership solved the problems oh. for me mm -hmm. but there was never a point where I was comparing myself to other people and then when social media came into the picture I already put in so much money into the bank of the gym that when it came to my body I was like I'm good yeah like I, I'm okay so there was no body dysmorphia there. There was a want to be leaner, but it wasn't impractical in the sense that like, I never tried to, to hold on to an unhealthy mm -hmm. feeling. Mm -hmm. The big thing for me is like, <clears throat> I always want to feel good. Um, I want to be able to run when I want to run. I want to be able to move well. Um, and if I'm sacrificing the way I feel for my body, that's not, I, I, I never wanted to do that because I started in performance. Soccer right. was a performance sport. Mm -hmm. um, and bodybuilding kind of isn't. Bodybuilding takes most people to a place where as far as performance is concerned, that's not the thing. It's the way your body looks. Right. And that's also one of the reasons why I started getting into powerlifting. It's yeah. performance-based. To be yeah. able to do. Do, you matters what you can yeah. do. Jiu-jitsu, yeah. performance-based. Um, that's why I love those things. But if I have to, if something's forcing me to look a certain way and I feel like shit, if we're supposed to be in health and fitness, for a lot of people that takes away the health aspect of things. And uh, even when people come to me and they wanna do a show, I'm like, are you sure? Right. Like, I usually try to actually discourage people, mm -hmm. not discourage them, but I really talk to them about like, do you, do you know what you're getting yourself into? Do you know how long this prep is going to take? Are you prepared for the way you're going to feel? Are you prepared for how you're going to feel after? Because you're not going to stay there. Right. You're not going to stay in that body. You have to gain body fat back. Are you that prepared for that? Are you okay with that? That's yeah. the whole catch. So yeah. many people that we know, because you attain perfection. And my man, having perfection once and not being able to live in it, it fucks with your mind. Yeah. And, and people go into this dark place as in, shit. They look at the pictures and, and how many people do you know have their competition picture right here? On their back, yes, so true. Yeah. yeah. They look at it every day. So no, 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 I don't I don't let social media influence me. But no, you don't have to. Look. Mm -hmm. You're looking at perfection every single day. Mm -hmm. And if you're not able to live in that, ooh, your place. mind has to be super strong. So yeah. my question is, were you always this athletic? Because it could be different for you if you're already if I do a show. It's something that I was never even close to it. And I know that I'm going to hold on to it. I'll never fuck with it. Mm -hmm. But were you always in this insane shape? And obviously when you did a show, you went even overboard, but 
coming back from and it's like no man i'm cool i'm just you know <laughs> i got these 10 things popping up here and it's all good i uh, get it no problem there yeah. so if that's the case but i don't know was it um no not necessarily <clears throat> because so i mean this is the thing and this is where like i i try to drill this into the the when i when i talk to my audience because it's like a lot of young guys follow me and a lot of men follow me uh a lot of them started training late and i say training in any sense of the word like really using their body mm -hmm. like when i played soccer when i was six my team was traveling around the united states like that's that's it was like a lot and then when i started lifting i kept doing that so by the time i got into bodybuilding number one i wasn't playing soccer anymore so i was able to put on even more muscle like I was in a place where I've already put in the bake in terms of sport yeah. and body awareness. Mm -hmm. By the time I stepped on stage, I was already doing stuff for the past 16 <clears throat> years. Yeah. Right. And, and like now this is 16 years of lifting, but for at that time, that was 16 years of athletics. Right. Yes. Right. So, so for me at that point, like even when I got heavier and I, I got up to like 260, 270, I was holding a little bit of extra body fat. Um, but it was, I, I never felt, I guess, I never felt, I lost something when my phone went off. I was what was your pressure. question? Was, were you always that athletic in the sense that after you did the show, you bounced right back to this oh. incredible physique that oh. for a normal person would be like, no, this dude is already insane. Yeah, yeah. no, I wasn't, I wasn't mm. as lean. I wasn't, right. and I wasn't as lean as I am now. When I got off of that, um, when I came out of show, I ended up being like, I got myself up to around 270 pounds. My face was round. I was holding extra body fat. Mm -hmm. The thing is for me is that was uncomfortable. But when most people, most people looked at me, they'd be like, he has a great, he, he's in good shape. Mm -hmm. You know, I was probably like 15 or 16% body fat. Um, but that's the thing. When I was at that point, I already put in a lot of time. So what I was going to say was the thing I need, I try to drill into people is that if you haven't been doing this for two, three, four, five years, eight years, there's no reason, especially if you're a guy that's trying to gain muscle, that you should focus on trying to cut. Right. The thing you need to actually focus on is falling in love with performance. Yeah. With, with training, because the, the the problem with bodybuilding, and this is this is something that I I I don't know if it, it can be shifted, um, is that the focus is always on the body, mm -hmm. right? And as much as when we're doing stuff in health and fitness, we're trying to get people to have healthier bodies. At the end of the day, if you're going to be able to do this until the day you die, it's not because you're seeking the body. It's because you fell in love with the modality of training, whether right. that's training in the gym, whether it's doing jujitsu, whether it's freaking doing kettlebell work, you get the body by the work you do. And if you don't like the work you do, the body's not going to get, right. you're not going to get to that long term. It. So I try to drill into people because I've loved this process all my life. That's why this has all been easy for me. I've loved the process of training all my life. I try to get people to fall in love with movement, with training, with fitness of whatever sort. If bodybuilding, if you don't enjoy that style of training, there's no long-term idea of trying to be a bodybuilder. Right. Because if you don't, if that's, if you don't enjoy that performance training, Find something else that you enjoy. Add that into the mix. Yeah. You know, find something that you can wake up. And you're like, oh, I'm about to go do that again. I'm excited. Excited about you it. You know what I mean? And I think that's been the thing for mm -hmm. me. I love training. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. And I want to be able to do some sort of training forever. So I have a question here, right? So discipline is 100% one of your strong suits. It seems like that, whether it was soccer, bodybuilding, whatever you do, you've you got to be regimented. You've got to be on your game. Mm-hmm. 
Now, this is all fitness related talk, right? And that's obviously what we all do. Mm-hmm. But I'm always curious on like you as a person outside of fitness, do you have any other hobbies or things that you like to do that people probably wouldn't know about you if they were just to look at your profile or whatever? Well, hiking isn't something. Hiking is a form of movement, I guess. I like I like being outside. So even when I work here, I usually try to open the garage over there and let the sun hit me. So I, I don't like being indoors generally. Um I'll like I have a PS5, so I'll play video games every now and then. But it's it's none of what you said. I've really toned down my video game use in my twenties because when I do things, I like to be I, I like to get really good. That's the thing. So I'm very careful about the tr- things I try to pick <clears throat> up. When I was younger, I definitely gamed a lot. Like it was too much, um, really too much. Yeah, you could call it like I was playing hours of games a day because there was this game called Counter Strike Source, and I wanted to be competitive. And I was. Com- you play Counter Strike? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Overnight. Yep. Overnight. I played a lot of Source. Yeah. Like a lot of Source, and I wanted to get too good, and I realized like, yo, ah, uh, this needs to be put towards something else because mm-hmm. I, I can't do this. So I, I play games every now and then, but nothing, nothing that's multiplayer because if it's multiplayer, I'm. I'm not gonna get I'm gonna try to get too good yeah. um, other than that like I longboard quite a bit so I have a husky at home he pulls me and I we will longboard through the neighborhood which is that sick. is so cool um, I like having just like good conversations with with like friends of mine so like I don't like to party or anything like that that's not my thing but Do you drink yeah every now and then you do yeah yeah but I don't ever I, I haven't been drunk since I was 20 like mm, I should, I've been yeah, I've been really drunk since I was 21. So I haven't had a hangover since I was 21. Let me put it that way. Can you explain that? Because I heard on the other day, you're like, and that hangover was bad. Like I woke up in the hospital. Uh-huh. What happened? Uh, so when I turned 21, a few of my friends, they're like, ah, yeah, let's, let's do something, right? Let, we'll, we'll do something for you. They gave me a drink at the beginning of the night. And it was like this, this orange thing. I was like, what is it? She was like, drink it, drink it. And I was in the hospital an hour later, Whoa. like in the morning, I blacked out. <laughs> so wow. they put a lot of stuff in there. They put a lot of different alcohol and it tasted like juice. So I was like, mm, this is good. It's amazing. Slip, slip. Gone. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Yeah. So I haven't been like, I haven't had a hangover because I'll drink with friends, but I don't, I only drink enough that I feel it. Yeah. And I feel a little cool, but I won't drink so much that I have a hangover the next day. The next right. day it doesn't affect me. So I have nothing against alcohol. I believe that stuff can be done moderately. I smoke weed moderately. I do mm-hmm. shrooms moderately. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very careful with the amount of things that I do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I like that. I yeah. like that a lot. It's like everything in moderation, right? It's mm-hmm. cool to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but so- also, I mean, you asked me the things I like to do. I, I, I've really gotten into like, I've been, but I really like to read a lot of stuff. So it's either audiobooks on my phone or I'm reading something. And I never thought that I would be so interested in like philosophy and psychology at this point. Amazing. Cause when I was in school, you know, I, when I looked at, when I thought of philosophy or psychology, I'm like, that's things you major in if you don't want to make money. Right. right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. If you're boring as hell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But now it's like, it, it, it interests me so much because number one, I, I work with people, but number two, I really want to understand how to master myself. I think that that's one thing that, um, I think I put it this way. And when I say this initially, I say this because it's, it's, it's funny. My, my ex-girlfriend, uh, told me this thing when she's like, you need to stop trying to be so perfect. And she said that as like a, a, like, she was like, stop, like, and when she said that, I was like, wait, 
Like I, I, I know I'm not perfect. I'm never going to be perfect. Well, like that's, that's not what I'm trying to be. But when I thought about that after he broke, I'm like, what's wrong with trying to be perfect? Because number one, you know, you'll never, you'll never be perfect. Mm-hmm, None correct. of us will ever be perfect. Yeah. But if we're seeking perfection, which we'll never attain, whatever that, that is, yeah. whatever that is, that also means that you're seeking consistent development, that you're never settling with where you are currently. You can be happy and love yourself where you are, but you can understand that you have the absolute capacity to get better mm-hmm. and learn more and become perfect, even though you'll never become that. So I do have this goal of being perfect. I absolutely do. I won't ever be perfect, right. but that puts me into this consistent state of development that's what i enjoy i dig it and that's why i get it yeah and it's it's, it becomes an obsession right and a lot of people can't understand that and they think like stop overthinking it like just fucking live stop trying to work so hard or this happens all the time and i used to get in my head about it and for a moment i would journal a lot which i still do me too i would read my thoughts right and i remember at this one specific time pretty heavy time too where i was really trying to find something else out about myself Mm -hmm. And it was not meshing well with people in my life or whatever was going on at that time. And I started to get on top of myself in a bad way. So I was like reading all my journals every day. And it's like, I'm always known as being intense, right? Or too direct or you can't stop moving. You move too fast. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, why are those things being seen in a negative way? Because the opposite of all of those things is negative to me like if i'm not moving fast then i'm slow if i'm not intense and i don't care like so there's a way of like being able to see this obsession of trying to seek perfectionism whatever that is that i think can be seen and should be looked at from a way of like that's fucking impressive that this person isn't settling yeah they want to squeeze life by the fucking balls and they want to make the most out of it on their journey Mm -hmm. has this been an issue with you in relationships (laughs) yeah and it, it, because uh, this is a common thing that yes. I've heard, though, because and out of the people that we have met that have stayed together with that individual, it was just a, a matter of ha- having understanding. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not me. I'm not you. There's definitely like yin and yang in that aspect. I'm mm-hmm. thinking of Dan right now. Right. He moves at a million miles an hour. His girlfriend may not. Yeah. And it's like the girlfriend might see that as a bad thing where it's like, hang on. No, no, no. Let's just pause. Mm-hmm. Zoom out. Who are you as a human being? Who am I as a human being? What do you want from life? What do I want from life? They could be totally different things. Mm-hmm. As long as we're able to turn on and turn off or create invisible boundaries as far as like, don't let the obsession take over your life that it takes away from mm-hmm. other places in your life. I don't think that those things are a bad thing. Mm. And I hate the fact that maybe a relationship of yours didn't work out because of that. Maybe it's just not the right person to help you flourish and find total human optimization, you know? You know, um, so this was a, this was a problem in my last relationship. (laughs) It's interesting. I was in a four year relationship from 20 to 24 and another four year relationship from 24 to 28. So I've made a choice that I'm going to purposefully stay single. So I don't just keep hopping from relationship to relationship, but that I, I learned a lot in my last relationship and I learned the things that I need to look for in an individual. And it's not that they need to be doing the things that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be someone who's deep into fitness or whatever, but conceptually it needs to be a person that is about self development for themselves in whatever realm that might be. Like mm-hmm. it shouldn't be someone who is totally okay with who they are and where they are. And they believe that they are, you know, they can't change. There was, there was a, the, the person I was with, I always had this thing that like people don't change. Um, 
they didn't have much confidence in themselves to learn new things. I, I felt like at that time that I was trying to be a coach for somebody because they didn't have the they they didn't have the willpower to just develop and do those things on their own. Um, so the one of the big things that I know that I need to look for in a person, and, and this is the thing, like even when I was in that relationship, I knew how much that individual hated when I tried to really encourage them because it's almost like I believed in them more than they believed in themselves. Yeah. And you, that, that's not good. So I know that I need to look for somebody that does believe in themselves, that does believe that they can develop. It's just an individual. You don't need to be seeking perfection, but mm-hmm. you can also, you also need to understand that you can become better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right? Like we all have flaws. I have flaws, but can I solely over the years get rid of those potential flaws? Yeah, I, I can fix those things. I can read those things. So a big thing for me is that I need to find somebody who has that same thought process because the thought process of development, the thought process of growth, <clears throat> this great, the number one book that I have bought and literally given to friends or new people that I've met in my life Let's go. is Mindset by Carol Dweck. Oh, I haven't read that. Oh God. Yes. Wow. It's the first book I would ever tell anybody to read. It's about the growth mindset. The individual I was with was the textbook fixed mindset. You know, um, Carol puts it so well in the book. You know, sometimes there are people that maybe they were good at everything as a kid and things just came to them. But as an adult, like, let's say they start doing something and they're not good at it immediately. They're like, nah, it's not for me. Yep. Like they don't have the, uh, they don't have the mindset to be like, Okay, I'm going to suck at this for a minute, but it's totally okay for me to suck because I know if I just put in consistent mm-hmm. effort or if I'm not good at this, I can become good if I put in the work. Yeah. That book goes deep into the psychology of the fixed mindset and the growth mindset and how people can first off raise their children to have a growth mindset. My mom did that for me um, and how like how that can be. So the big thing I pay attention to nowadays is mindset mm-hmm. because if, if an individual has a fixed mindset, I can't deal. Like no. I can't because that doesn't matter what you do. That fixed mindset mm-hmm. is going to play a role in so many different aspects of your life. And it's absolutely going to play a role into our relationship. For sure. For sure. I agree. We I, had, we, we had our own share of like trying to find stuff about ourselves. Right. So Hannah moves extremely fast or faster than the regular human. <laughs> right. But, but this is a trait of successful people. And in every successful people, they're going to have their fair share of obsession. Mm-hmm. You can only really be a badass at something if you're obsessed about it, right? Yeah. In a healthy way. But, um, <clears throat> and you guys shared uh, these things that you felt and, oh, were you ever hindered by someone saying, this is too much? I guess that the challenge is living life and navigating life together with someone else. It's all about finding balance, right? Yes. And for one individual to be, to have all these traits that you mentioned, it's, oh my God, that's amazing. But when you start navigating life with someone else, it's finding that, okay, it doesn't have to be black or white. Mm-hmm. We have to find a way of living in the gray area, right? And this is one thing that I've learned a lot with her, meaning to actually get myself to do more, to be faster, yeah. to kind of execute more and believe in myself more. And I think that we're able to exchange this. And me to try and say, it's okay to go a little slower. It's yeah, fine. Absolutely. Like, it's okay. You I, know, worry. I want what y'all got. I want what Dude, you guys have. So but I would worry <laughs> and probably, Thank who you, knows, 
could you imagine <clears throat> having two mindsets that are like this? Mm. You know, like yeah. that's a dangerous place to be in. And I always say like, he's my anchor. Like he always holds me down or pulls me back if I'm moving too fast. It's like, that's a very healthy relationship. So maybe having someone that has the same mindset mindset would be kind of lethal <laughs> to a certain degree, you mm -hmm. know? But I'll never forget this one comment because you <clears> said change. Like that person you were with didn't understand that people could change. And that was a key, like pivotal moment for me in, in my life and my career was having a really good friend of ours that had, I guess it's irrelevant who they are and I don't want to say that because it's going to give away who it is for us small circle. But um, they said to me one day when I was deciding to try and be better, to try and work on myself, to try and like level up my career. And like, I, I'm an extremist. So I went full force, right? I remember one day she's like, you know, and indirectly told me to, she was a massage therapist. Um, so many people have been laying on my, on my table recently and they keep saying that you've changed. And I got so shook, man. I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? Why am I changing? Like, I really don't want my friends to think less of me. Like, you know, and it was almost like this passive aggressive way of if now that I'm older and it's done, it's like of her being like envious of the fact that I had the balls to try and level up and not settle with being the piece of shit that I was, you know? Yeah. So I think that that comment right there just brought back so many feelings to me, but mm -hmm. anyone can change. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like, if you, and everyone should instill some more self-awareness. Yeah. Because if we all could step outside of our bodies and look at ourselves from a different point of view, we should all change. We've all got so much to change about ourselves so then that idea of change now is my obsession in life. Like I want to find every flaw. I want to find every weakness and try and make it a strength. And now that's the challenge. Like we said before, your dopamine is released when you eat the do donut. Well, yeah. now my dopamine's released when I am able to not eat the donut because I know that, that I feel so much better about that. Mm -hmm. Like that excites me, right? So it's like this constant journey of trying to find the next leak in the, in the system mm -hmm. and trying to patch that hole. But um, I, can, I can't imagine being single. I'll, I'll be honest, and I don't know if anyone would be able to understand me as a human being. And I think because we met so young, right, it's been able to evolve and, and see what happens over time. But I think that you'll find someone, man, that will be totally on board with respecting who you are as a human being, the way that your brain works, and having this admirable like respect for the fact that you're willing to put the work in. Because mm -hmm. we could all just cruise, and life would be very different, right? But man, you're you're demanding more from yourself and you're demanding more from life. Yeah. So I never think that that should be looked at as like a, a negative thing, right? Yeah. And one thing I'm going to say to this is too, like, you know, I don't, I don't want to date someone that's <laughs> just like me. Um, I don't think that's a good idea. I've met people that, this is the thing, the growth mindset. I've met people who have the growth mindset that like to party. Yeah. That like to do things that are outside of my realm, right? Um. But they, that mindset is there. The, the growth mm -hmm. mindset is there. That's the biggest thing. And I can tell from a single conversation if they're fixed or if they have a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. And I know that I just cannot deal with a person, no matter how beautiful they are, no matter whatever. If they have a fixed mindset, that is something that, oh, Jesus, that, that's just a, you, you can't, you, you can't, I can't, I know I can't be with somebody like that. You know what I mean? That, that, that feels so static. Mm-hmm. You know, going to what he said, it's funny because I remember that conversation. Whenever you told me about that conversation, oh, with that the, you you've changed. And, yeah, I got so, so dude, upset. Two dudes, Drake and LeBron, <laughs> they said the same thing. And in interview, it was like, oh, people say that you change. People say that you change. And Drake said it 
LeBron said the same thing, different words was, I don't work this hard and sacrifice this much to remain the same. Yes. Are you fucking kidding me? So how can you expect me to bust my ass, wake up in the crack of dawn? In your case, coach, come out, travel, photo shoot, come back, interview, like saying, having to tell your best friend, no, I cannot make it to your birthday. Having to tell your mom and dad, no, I cannot do that because, or tell me, hey, I'm going to be out for 20 days. How can you sacrifice that much to stay the same person? Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, book suggestion. Everybody read Mindset by I Carol can't Dweck, wait please. to read that. Read what, is, what is the last name? Dweck? Dweck. D-W-E-C-K. I got it written down Dweck. right here. And that's going to transition into business, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's how we met, is yeah. what you do for, for your work. And I think that that growth mindset is also why you're able to do what you do and apply yourself into the space that you're in. So tell us more about how you've been able to make your passion a career. Yeah. So that, that was the goal when I left college. My goal was like, oh, I want this, I want freedom and I love fitness. So I need to figure out a way to weave it into what I do. Um, which is cool. Cause I, I started working with people online. Uh, but I found that over time, you know, when I found jujitsu, my whole thing was, I love this. How can I integrate what I do with this into something that I can help with other people and can bring me income. So my whole thing was just showcasing everything that I do. You know what I mean? Um, when I first started getting into bodybuilding, I have videos still, like some of my first videos online, they're shit. <laughs> um, uh, and I cringe when I look at them, but my whole thing was I want to show everybody the process for these things. Even if like I'm not that great at the beginning. And let me share that with them. Let me show people how I do what I do. Um, and my whole thing was if I can just give enough information if i can just show people how to do things then there's going to be people that vibe that want to do stuff with me mm -hmm. right and that was the whole thing just showcase it all and that was the same thing when i started jujitsu i knew from the first day that i saw it that this would be great there's still videos on my youtube channel when i first started jujitsu when i was when i was sparring I was 260 pounds. I was getting tapped by 160 pound, 150 pound black belt. He tapped me like six times in six minutes. Wow. And I have all those videos up because I wanted people to see that number one, this is where I am. I am shit right now, but give me a few years. I'm gonna get pretty fucking good at this. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm pretty good right now, but I just felt like, and I saw, you know, I saw other people that were within fitness, like people at that time, fitness YouTube was, was really cranking. So I was like, these guys are just showing what they're doing. Let me just do the same thing. Let me just show people what I'm doing, give information on questions and just, just give because then people are going to vibe with me. I'm going to be able to work with people. And that's how I was able to do it. And that's why my biggest piece of advice to anybody who's, who wants to get into it. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to get about, go about that. But my thing is just like, if you're starting somewhere, show that, mm -hmm. you know, like I wish, I wish I had a camera when I was like 16 or 17. Cause then I could like, that would have been even so much better. So people could have seen where I was, but mm -hmm. when I start, I started when I did. Um, and I think that has been the biggest aspect because people have been able to see when I sucked at jujitsu, when I first got into bodybuilding, when I had shit form and powerlifting, and then I came here and they fixed up everything. People saw the beginning stages of a lot of things and they saw how things improved and the amount of DMS that I get from guys that are like, man, I started jujitsu. I'm like so many at this point, but when I started, I told you this, Paulo. When I started jujitsu and I started posting that, 
I started to have a decline in followers real quick. Like I was losing more followers than I was gaining for a two year period. Like I'd be, I'd lose 120 followers and gain hundred followers. Like I, I, I would, I was just on a slow decline, but I knew that once I get, once people see that I'm actually decent with this and it's, then things will start it's to, to, time, yeah. to, it's just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. So my thing was just give information, just give it out and yeah. whatever happens, happens. And I think that's how people and why people want to build a relationship with you because it's a relatable, you show the process and there's so many people out there that will only showcase their wins or the highlights of their life. And I think that that's also something that we've kind of done a little bit, but I've totally noticed. And even with the way that you share the knowledge that you've been sharing with us, like, that's what people want to see and that's what people want to know because it isn't going to be perfect. You're not going to start something being the best of what you do. But here, look, I'm willing to put in the work. I'm willing to expose my failures mm-hmm. and these micro losses to show you that the only secret here is consistency. Yep. Yeah. And some people hate that because it's like, I'm showing you, like, I'm giving you everything. There is nothing I'm holding back from you here, mm-hmm. but are you going to be willing to do it? Like you said that yesterday. I was like, this is amazing what you're giving me. Like you should sell this. He's like, yeah, but any, anyone can do this. Everyone's going to want it. But if they actually, will they actually p- apply themselves and execute? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 99% of the time? No. And that's a, that's the only secret, right? In anything, yeah, nutrition, anything. fitness, business, anything is consistency mm-hmm. <laughs> and not giving up on it. Yeah. No, honestly, I've given that, that, that doc <clears throat> I gave you, I've given it to a lot of people and it's a few people that have done that. <sighs> they've done well. Yeah. But most people do it for a few weeks yeah, and then they just fall off. That's very true. So here's a question for you and I two, well, three questions I have. And if you have any, please, please spin them out. Yeah. But we have a saying that we have and live by, which is find your reason, mm-hmm. right? And I have a lot of reasons. Some of them are really personal that I probably would never share, uh, but some of them aren't and I'm willing to share them. Mm-hmm. What is your reason? Why do you do this? Hmm. And to help give you more context on that, because that's a pretty heavy loaded question, mm-hmm. the gym wall that we had that we pulled up on the podcast the other day that said, find your reason at the bottom. Mm-hmm. I asked everyone to answer me three things that they wanted to achieve through fitness. It doesn't have to be fitness related or not. Mm-hmm. So then the sentence starts with, I want, and then they answered it three times. Mm-hmm. If on the spot right now, if you had to choose three things that you want to achieve or attain through fitness, what would they be? I want to be the best. I want to just be the best man possible. And what that means to me is number one, I, I can prov- I can give back right now. I don't have a family that I have to provide for, but I want to be able to give back to the family that I currently have. Like I don't want my mom to have to ever work another day in her life. I don't want my, I don't want anyone like even not just that family, but even extended family that needs me. I want, I want to be able to be the best man for them that I can possibly be. And as time's gone by and I've been, been able to have the, uh, the, the, I'm so grateful that I've been able to talk to a lot of like men. Um, I want to be the best example for them as I can possibly be. Mm-hmm. So there's fitness within that, but then there's also the way that I think there's also, I mean, you guys have been seeing the content I've been putting up about like porn. Yeah. The reason why that's so important to me is because I understand how that can fuck some people up as it did fuck me up for a while. And I know that for a lot of men to be the best man possible, there's certain things that you need to have self-control with. So I've been sharing a lot of those things as far as the mind is concerned. And that's why I have this consistent thing of trying to improve and trying to get better. Cause I'm not just trying to be in the best shape possible, but I also want to be able to, I, I want to be able to think well, to be able to help other people grow. I think that there's a, there's a, there's a big hurdle these days because of social media um, and because of just 
access to things that a lot of people are always comparing themselves to other people. A lot of people are consistently they, they, like they're not sure what to do or, or how to improve. And that's why I do all these things. Cause I just want to specifically, since I'm a man, I know that I can help men become better men. And as I'm learning, I'm still, I'm not, I'm not the perfect man, but I'm trying to learn so many things that's going to help me to give that message out. And I think being able to be on the power project has been just a massive help for me because since we make so many episodes each week, there's no way we'd be able to do that if we weren't learning new things. Right. Absolutely. Especially with the episodes with Andrew, Mark and I, if we were coming at the mic with the same shit that we talked about last week and the week before and the week before, like shit would get old real quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm literally forced and I don't even feel forced, but if, if I wasn't trying to get better, if I wasn't reading things to try to improve the way I think the way I go about things in my personal habits, there's no way that I could bring something that the audience can actually benefit from. So the reason why I do all of it is because I want to be the best man possible. And that that encompasses everything. I want to be the best man possible for the woman that I end up being with and the children that I have. And I, there's, there's, that's it. That's, that's really it. There you go. So powerful, Get man. some of that. Get some. Yeah. I like that shit right there. I love it. That's awesome, man. So give us a quick rundown because people, and they will see pictures of you. And uh, if you guys are tuning in, if it's your first time meeting uh, in SEMA, it's like a mix of Smooth Panther with Les Brown. It's like the voice. Les Brown? Les Brown. It's that. the voice, <laughs> the communication. It's, and he looks huge and intimidating but it's still a teddy bear it's amazing yeah. so uh, like magnetic is the right word <clears throat> exactly right? i like I magnetic couldn't help but use that to introduce you but not only just your personality but like i'm a big believer in energy dude like you, you either click with someone or you don't yeah. right and, and you can feel that like instantly when you walk into the room you're a magnetic energetic source like, like energy it. source like it, it really is cool man and Thank you. i wish you nothing but the best yeah. um so my two other questions that i had which we always try i have a few others but go ahead okay okay <clears throat> is uh in fitness mm -hmm. we forgot to ask mark this so we should probably do it again sometime mm -hmm. <laughs> what do you think is the one thing that people overlook and then following that which you can take some time as much time as you need to dwell on that um what do you think is something that people underlook mm. And there's okay so two things come to mind when i think <clears throat> people overlook in fitness um i think fitness should be something that helps you feel better that's why i have this big focus on moving better and then being able to move freely like not just working out in the gym but in the day-to-day -day, taking walks not sitting down all day like these these little things that one of the biggest things that makes things easy for me is i don't sit really um, I stand here when I podcast, I usually try to stand or, or get in a squatting position when I'm working. I'll sit a little bit if I really have to, mm -hmm. but I like to move. And I've been that way since I was a kid. That's one thing. Like I, 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 I like to be on my feet. Um, so I think that people should really focus more on feeling better. The reason why I say this is because like, when you look at people in powerlifting or bodybuilding, there's this big focus on being jacked and being able to move these weights. And I get it. But in the long term, how's that look when you're 60? Like if you're this stiff bodybuilder that can't move his shoulders and, you know, your hips are tight and your lower back hurts, but you're jacked, mm -hmm. is that, are you going to be healthy later? Right. Probably like you're probably gonna have a lot of issues. Yeah. So can you figure out a way to move better within what you're doing? Because that's a long-term play right there. Um, so I think that it, within, I guess, my side of fitness, 
um, which is typically the bodybuilding, powerlifting, uh, people need to learn how to m- move better or should have that as a priority. Mm-hmm. Because that in the long term, if you feel good and you're not in pain all the time, you're going to live a good life. Yeah. You know, that's why yep. I'm so pumped when I see Mark, because um, even Mark, his goal is to move better now. Like he's walking, he's doing runs like the dude is he's starting jujitsu. Isn't oh my amazing? God. It's amazing. Yeah. Dude. And I'm just I'm pumped to see where Mark is five years from now, because right. Like, right. He's already gotten better. But Mark Bell fucking wrapping people up in jujitsu in five years. Oh, that's going to be a sight to fucking see. Yes, that's a is. hell of a transformation. Yeah. I love all that. So the movement piece. Uh, but the big the, the, the other piece I think is bigger than the movement piece. Uh, and people talk about it, but people, a lot of people aren't about it. It's the patience. Yeah. It, it, it's really the patience. I think that I was lucky to start a lot of things early. Like I started soccer when I was six. I started lifting when I was 13. So I've been doing it for a long enough time where I've been able to be patient enough to a point where now I just love the process. But a lot of people, when they look at transforming their body or they look at transforming, like get good at getting good at anything that they're trying to do, they expect it to be like a one year thing mm-hmm. or two years. I'll have the body or three years. I'll have my the body or I'll do this. But you, you need to have patience to let yourself understand how you're going to do your diet over time. Your diet will change. Mm-hmm. So you need to be patient when that change happens. Mm-hmm. You need to be just utterly patient. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, 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 I stress that so much. Like, Hey, it hasn't happened in 12 weeks. It doesn't matter. Like, right. are you consistently doing the things that you need to do? Okay, cool. Let's do it for another year. Let's right. do it for another few years. Right. Um, moving better. And I think patience are, are like, are the things that I think people overlook um, or underlook. I'm trying to think now how you would say all that. How do you want to rephrase that? Uh, Those things <laughs> or better, are or better. What do people overthink? And what do people not don't think, think enough, enough about? about. Yeah. Okay, so I don't think they think enough about moving better and being patient. Overlook, underlook. Yeah, I get it. I, yeah, get, yeah. It. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can get weird. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, I don't think they, they think enough about moving better and being patient. Now, the things I think that they should think about less. Yeah. Things that they should be thinking about less. Yes. Is that the question I'm asking mm-hmm. next? Okay. Um, it's weird and it's like it's it this isn't going to make much sense but the body i think that people should stop focusing so much on the body yeah you know because and the reason why i say that is because uh, like a a lot of a lot of guys like they'll look at my content and they'll be i want to look like him well that that shouldn't be the goal the goal should be to look like the best you as possible but Mm -hmm. the only way you're going to look at the best you as possible is if you fall in love with the process of training or, or performance or, or lift or whatever mm-hmm. fall in love with that and enjoy that process because then the body will come and uh fall in love with the habits of good nutrition and good lifestyle because if you're able to do those things this will absolutely come but if you're always focused on this and these things aren't working you're not going to get here right that's why well that's one of the reasons why people yo-yo so much because mm-hmm. They have this focus on this body. They, they failed doing something in the diet and then they just, they're like, fuck, it sucks. So they, they yo-yo back, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're so focused on the body. And it's, it's how can you get people to not focus so much on the body and just focus on enjoying their life, living healthier habits, having a healthier lifestyle? Because if you're able to fix people's habits and the things that they do on a day-to-day basis, the body will come. And with some patience and consistency, the body will absolutely come. Mm-hmm. So stop focusing on the body. Yeah. I love that. I've never had that before. 
I do like that a lot. Now, now, dude, run us through a, a a morning routine. How do your day look 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 like? Many, um, how does your training look like? Like, what is a regular like Monday through Wednesday for you? How does that look like? Okay, so this is this is interesting. So I usually my body just usually gets up at like seven or seven thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, I try not to look at my phone. Uh, so some days I make that mistake and I look at emails or whatever I shouldn't, but mm-hmm. the days I don't like, I usually just go down, make some coffee, let my dog out journal. Um, if I have some time, maybe I'll just sit and meditate a little bit or something, but I usually try to like walk and <clears> just think, um, I did used to do a lot of like meditating and I'll still do that. I'll still do that quite a bit. And mm-hmm. it's, I use this app from Sam Harris called waking up. It's a guided meditation app. I really like it a lot. I also like the theory that Sam, ha- I like Sam Harris's mind, <laughs> um, but he has a lot of like theory on like just a lot of philosophy things that I really enjoy. So I'll use that every now and then, but I usually just like to journaling has been big for me um, mm-hmm. because it's allowed me to really kind of sift through my thoughts. Like I, I, my, my mind's always going. So the ability to just write down everything allows me to get it out. And I feel so much better. Um, I also always without fail every single day, I write down the things I'm grateful for. That's the, that I feel like if people could just get into that habit, they will feel so much better. Like, for example, when I go live on TikTok or whatever, I'm always telling people, when you get into this room, tell me one thing you're grateful for, how long you've been lifting and where you're from. I want people to start thinking about all the things that they're grateful for, because especially because of this, everyone's always thinking about the things that they don't have, the things that they haven't achieved, mm-hmm. the, 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 the money they don't have, where they don't think about all the good shit that's going on. Yeah. And when you think about all the good stuff that's going on, it immediately changes my mind towards the day. Even if I woke up not feeling that great, as soon as I think about how my mom's alive, my grandma's 99 and alive, I'm, I'm able to come and I, I'm able to do a job that I enjoy or I'm, my back isn't hurting today because I actually just tweaked my back, but it's feeling better. Once I'm able to dive in on all the things I'm grateful mm-hmm. for, immediately my day is already so much better. Um, I and, think that anyone that lacks gratitude is has no joy, mm-hmm. right? And we yeah. say this all the time. It's like, if you're ever in a place that you think that the whole world's caving down and crushing down on you, close your eyes for a second and just start listing things that you do have. Yeah. And it's insane because you're like, oh, wow, life isn't that bad, huh? Mm-hmm. So lacking gratitude will 100% lack happiness. Um, before you continue with your day, and I want to hear more, um, meditation, how does that look like? What is exactly breath work? What is it? Yeah. So for me, it's literally just sitting down, breathing, and just trying to focus on my breathing. So sometimes it'll like maybe be long inhales and long exhales, but I'll just typically just try to keep my mind focused on the on my breathing. Um, I try to relax my whole body. Uh, and in the app, Sam, Sam takes people through good, just guided meditations, helping people kind of understand how to just relax their body, make mm-hmm. sure that there's no <clears throat> tension, focus on breathing. Um, but then there's also weird aspects of like trying to turn the mind in on itself. So trying, <laughs> he has this phrase, um, try to find the seat of attention. It, it's a weird thing. Like that, that that's where mm-hmm. he gets a little bit deeper into the meditation thing. But trying to find the the person who's paying attention like i think he has this phrase of um looking behind the eyes so you're trying to find what is where are you up here mm-hmm. you know what i mean because we never see ourselves other than like in a mirror so so what's what what is the thing that's paying attention can you find that and it's weird there was there was a point where like something happened one day and i just felt i can't describe it but i felt like I wasn't in my body. Mm-hmm. That's happened once to me. Um, and that's when I was really consistent with meditation. 
But outside of that, I think that meditation in general has just helped me to be able to be more present. Mm -hmm. um, because a big thing for me is like, and especially I still now, I think about the future and stuff, but trying to just be with who I am with in that moment in time, not thinking about anything else. Mm -hmm. And that has been one thing that meditation has helped me with massively. Like having this conversation with you two, yeah. there's a bunch of other things I have to go do today, he, yeah. but I'm not thinking about those things. Right. Like those things I will think about when I get there, but mm -hmm. I, I've been able to just be more present with the people I'm with um, and just be just as just here. That's the big thing. And also I just bet. paying attention better. So that's what meditation's helped me with. But okay. it's typically I just focus on my breath. I try to relax my whole body. I try mm -hmm. not to have any tension at all. I just breathe. Okay. That's Sam it. Harris said, right? Sam Harris. The app is called okay. Waking Up. Sam awesome. Harris. His book, Waking Up, is also really cool, too. It's a great book. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm going to keep drilling. I want to find out. Um, cool. Nutrition. How does that look like? Wake up. Do you eat? Do you don't? Coffee? Yeah. No coffee? Kratom in the morning? What is it? Yeah. So a few years ago, I started doing fasting in 2000. 17 or 2018 mm -hmm. I, I started doing it because i just i heard that within the biohacking community people were like oh it's going to help you focus better like mm -hmm. you'll be able to have better focus um so that's that's the premise of which i started um but now i usually fast four or five sometimes a whole like weekly um intermittent fasting once every quarter i'll do a three-day fast with just electrolytes mm -hmm. but that's just once a quarter but Typically, it'll be like 16 to 20 hours. Um, I'll usually just have water or coffee or electrolytes. But nowadays, I've loosened things up where I'll allow myself to have some protein. Like I'll have allow myself to have some pr a protein shake or something during the day. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't eat really until, you know, either it could be between 6 and 10 p.m. or sometimes after jujitsu. Some days I'll just do one big meal a day, yeah. which can be anywhere between 25 to 3,500 calories. And it's... You, so your first meal, the days that you do not have a shake, your first meal would happen between 6 and 10 p.m. Usually. Usually. Six. And sometimes it's just one big meal. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's two meals. Um, what are you consuming? Good whole foods? Day? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, I, when like, you go to eat. That's, that's okay. So this is a thing that fasting has been really beneficial for. Because we all know that, you know, if you want to drop weight or drop body fat mm -hmm. we need to be specific there you just need to be in a caloric deficit eat adequate amounts of protein so you don't lose muscle as you're dropping body mm -hmm. fat um and for me i eat very high fat and typical low car or low to no carbohydrates but i do have like i do have carbohydrates on some days now the thing that's been so beneficial for fasting for me has been the habit change that has come with fasting and by habit change i mean this i used to eat four meals a day Mm -hmm. right same caloric well actually yeah maybe around the same caloric amount but four even meals a day um but when i wasn't eating i'd always be anticipating my next meal yes and if i was hungry i'd have an emotional response to being hungry mm -hmm. meaning that like oh, fuck i'm hungry that couldn't do anything else but think about my food like i'd always be thinking about my food mm -hmm. With fasting, it wasn't easy initially. It, it took me a while to get used to it, but what it allowed me was just regulation of hunger. Like I can go today without eating anything and I can go tomorrow without eating. I'm not gonna feel angry or annoyed or whatever um, because I'm used to it. And, and then when I eat, I'm good, uh, but I don't feel like hunger doesn't bother me. I'm in control of it. That was one of the biggest things yeah. in the past that was a problem for me. Mm -hmm. I felt that, Hunger was in control of my actions. Mm -hmm. 
Meaning that if I got hungry, fuck, where's my next meal? Like, Andrew, do you have any eat right in the fridge? Like, it's like, I need to eat or else I can't function. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, if I have some coffee, I have some electrolytes, I'm, I'm hydrated. I can do jujitsu. I can do my lifting. And then I can, I'm going to go home. I'm going to eat a big ass meal. And I'm, I'm going to be fine. I think that's the big benefit of fasting. And it's not every day I fast. I said I fast usually four to five days a week. Mm-hmm. Three days a week that I'll eat breakfast. Typically, I eat my carbohydrates. If I do eat carbohydrates, I eat them much later in the day, usually close to before bed because I typically feel tired after I eat carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, interesting. Because usually people would say either around your lift or even in the beginning of the day. So you have kind of chance to kind of work through it. Yeah. That's amazing. That's interesting. Yeah. I usually have it closer to bed um, mm-hmm. because like, for example, if I were to have, if I were to have a good amount of carbohydrates before jujitsu or something, I'd feel a little bit lethargic. I wouldn't feel as like as, as on key. Um, but if I do eat, it'll be like maybe some eggs or some protein or something in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually, if I eat in the morning, I usually don't have something in the afternoon. Maybe I'll have a protein shake or something. And then my end of day meal is going to be really big, but I don't have usually if I eat during the day, the whole, the whole day, I don't have three big meals. I'll have a big meal in the morning, um, protein and fat typically. And then I'll have something, maybe a protein shake or something in the afternoon. I'll still do all the shit I have to do. Um, one of the big game changers as far as supplementation, because in the past, if I were to look at what I do currently, I would tell myself, or I would have been like, there's no way that that guy's going to be able to perform well lifting jujitsu or whatever. One of the biggest game changers has been having electrolytes, um, sodium, magnesium, potassium. That has been the big performance changer for me. I always have electrolytes before I do any type of physical activity because I know that I won't cramp up uh, if, as long as I'm hydrated well because I ate so much the night before. Like I said, usually I'll eat a big yeah. meal or two big meals the night before. That's going to fuel my performance for the day. I don't have to eat right before I trade. Mm-hmm. And again, this spits in the face of the things that I was doing <clears throat> years before. As a, as a soccer player, yeah. all my coaches are like, eat two hours before you go on the field, right? Lifting, bodybuilding, eat two hours or so before you lift. Because that's going to fuel your performance. And you did well in all those times. That was right? great. Yeah, yeah. It, it worked well. Mm-hmm. But now I feel better because I'm still able to perform at a really high level in all these things. But I don't, if I, if I get a meal or if I don't get a meal in, I'm still fine. Mm-hmm. As long as I'm hydrated, I'm not electrolyte deficient. And I'm, it's funny because people think that if you don't eat right before, it's like, you're not going to have energy. So what do you think is going on with the meal that you ate yesterday? You you ate something Mm -hmm. yesterday. Do you think that just, if you haven't done much, do you think that's just gone? Did you shit it all out? Are all those energy calories gone? No, you are still have something to work with. So that's like, that's generally how I, I do things now. Like I'll, I can go 16, 20 hours. I love it. And and, and quick parenthesis, if you guys are watching, if you're just listening, we're talking about a dude that's 6'2", 245, shredded. Yeah. yeah. And 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 the first thing that you hear whenever you say, oh, I fast, is how do you put on, how do you put on or keep your muscle? Like, what is going on? It's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, the funny thing, um, I did a DEXA scan two years ago, right? Um, and I did a DEXA scan. Actually, I did a DEXA scan last year. I did a DEXA scan this year. I've been doing the same type of diet. I've put down, I've put on about close to a pound and a half of lean body mass. And I got a little bit leaner than I was last year. And I'm still like, the the big concepts with the way I eat is I get enough protein in to make sure that I'm 
I'm, I'm maintaining and potentially gaining new muscle tissue. So I'm not eating low amounts of protein. And I'm eating enough calories. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, though, I eat much higher fat than I did. Night. I don't eat. I don't eat high mm-hmm. carbohydrates. I eat fairly low, low to no carb. Mm-hmm. I eat enough fats for performance, and I'm good. Like those are the big concepts with the way I eat. Have enough protein to fuel performance and not lose muscle. Have enough fat for hormonal health and so that you can perform well. And carbohydrates for me are like I look at carbs as a supplement these days. I eat. I don't track anymore because I used to track a lot. Mm-hmm. So that I can eat in two. Yeah, I tracked from like 2000. 12 to two, 2012 to 2017, I tracked a lot. So that gave me an, a back-end understanding of what's in the food I'm eating. And I can eyeball calories pretty well. But when it comes to carbohydrates, I can feel like there are days that I'll wake up, I'm just like feeling a little bit frail today. I'm going to have some carbs today. So I'll eat maybe 100, 150 grams or maybe 200 grams of carbs. There's some days I wake up, I'm like, I'm snappy don't need any carbs. That's the way my body, that's yeah. the way I look at carbs. There'll be days that I'm just like, Ooh, you need some days I wake up. I don't. And that's the thing. That's why like when I, when people ask me, what's your diet? I'm like, you don't want to hear the answer to this. Right. It really, it's blow your mind. <laughs> it shifts. It, it can shift on day to day. Cause yeah. again, I think that people should track so that they can have a back end understanding of food. Um, and so that they can learn what's in the food they're eating. But over time, if you understand what's in food and you build mm-hmm. good habits, you can get to a point where you don't have to track every single meal you eat. Right. I love right. that. I have one more question. Training. You get to the gym. We know that here at Super Training Gym, no headphones allowed. Mm-hmm. So you get to the gym. What is the, what, what's, what's the routine? You get, how does it start? What do you move on? Like how long? Do you train alone? Do you guys train all together? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So there, there are team training days usually, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, but I don't, I, sometimes I'll, I'll train to the team, but it's been a while since I've been able to train to the team. I usually train alone. Um, and as far as my training is concerned, I train three, do, three days a week, typically full body days. Nowadays, my training is meant to help with my jujitsu. So I have the goal of continuing to increase my training volume, continuing to get stronger with the movements that I do, but I'm not focused on the big three anymore. I'm not focused on having a big squat bench or deadlift. Mm-hmm. My training is focusing on maintaining and gaining muscle, but also promoting good movement. Promoting good movement means working through large ranges of motion, being strong in deep ranges of motion, which is why like knees over toes guy, Ben Patrick, when he came here, added a lot of his stuff to my training regimen because it's you work with really deep knee flexion Mm -hmm. really deep positions and you try to get strong in those positions for jujitsu your body's put in a lot of weird positions and you need to be able to push from weird positions Mm -hmm. you need to be able to be strong with your knee all the way up here right so i do bodybuilding training because i don't want to lose any muscle i want to slowly gain muscle i don't Mm want to get small but along with that there'll be maybe a big movement that i work with but i won't be working you know close to what my max would be i do quite a few reps i do big ranges of motion and then uh, i do a lot of movements that are beneficial just for my athleticism so things like the nordic hamstring curl the atg split squats i like i got a lot of stuff from knees over toes guy that's implemented into my work like the tibialis races for my knees everything within my training big concept is gain maintain and gain muscle over time move through large ranges of motion and Work, yeah, move through large range of motion and work stability and anything that is like potential weak points. Mm -hmm. So I work a lot of lower back stuff, a lot of knee stuff, um, a lot of just typical weak muscles. That's why I usually try to work. But I am still trying to gain muscle over time. So there's a lot of bodybuilding movements that I do within what I do. And cool. you have, do you have any questions? No, no, so for whoever's watching, because I'm guaranteed that people are like, what man, he fast, he's this size. Oh my God. 
So when you say work through large ranges of motion, how? What exactly is the movements that you do, and how do you explore those 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 ranges? So, for example, if I ever squat, mm -hmm. um, it's going to be something like an astagrass squat, or I'll do a squat on a slant board. Have you guys mm -hmm. ever seen a, you guys know what a slant board is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it allows you to get really deep gotcha. knee flexion while mm -hmm. maintaining spinal neutrality and yeah. getting into a really low position. I like to control the movements I do too, so I'll do a lot of these movements with tempo. Um, and the same thing with like deadlifts. If I do deadlifts, I'll still deadlift, but I'll do a lot of like pause deadlifts. So. Mm -hmm pausing once you leave the ground that'll help my lower back stability so that i'm not losing the movement i'll mm -hmm. do pod de pause deadlifts with like 405 500 these things are on my I've, these things are on my instagram account mm -hmm. um if i do anything as far as pressing shoulder pressing chest pressing mark and i have talked about this if i do chest pressing i go all the way down where my shoulder is actually in a potentially vulnerable position but i do things slow so i'll be Way able to, to explore yeah i'll be able to be strong from here and here i don't work like bodybuilders do within these fixed ranges everything i do i work maximal range of motion with control that goes with everything flies or dumbbell flies i literally come all the way up here and then all the way down slowly because i need i my goal is to be strong in every position mm -hmm. because i know that if i'm strong in every position and my joints are able to perform through all positions, I'm gonna be able to be stronger and I'm gonna be able to move better. Dips, for example, a lot of people, they're just right here. I let my elbow way. come all the way down in dips and I'm up here at the start and then I push up. Everything mm -hmm. is long ranges of motion. Even And even though that means that some movements I'll have to use lighter load, mm -hmm. I'm perfectly okay with that because I can then progress from there. Yeah. I love that. I love it. I think that um, body weight flow, animal flow is going to change your training game. I do indeed. And just yeah. from that final piece right there, like uh, long ranges, full range, right? Whatever we want to call it. I think that that's the game changer yeah. is being able to stabilize and go to really crazy, crazy places of your mobility mm -hmm. and being able to have total control. I can't wait to yeah. check in and with you this guys guy. will see the vlog of this dude moving oh my doing gosh. for the first time. It's wild. It's incredible. It really I is. I freaking love it. It dude. is. It's like your, your mind to muscle connection is on, on fluke. It's awesome. Fluke. The reason, it really is. The reason why I love animal flow that you guys showed me so much is because um, with jujitsu, you guys have heard of flow states? Yeah. Yeah. I'm able to get into a flow state when I do jujitsu. And, and when I say flow state, mm -hmm. all it is is that you're able to move on instinct and you don't have to think about anything you do. Mm -hmm. So with jujitsu, I can go and I can roll with somebody and through that roll, my body's just doing shit. And I'm not thinking of anything and mm -hmm. I'm doing movements that I haven't practiced, but mm -hmm. my body knows what to do because I've drilled it. So I just get into this state where I can just fucking just go. I don't even need to be, I don't even need to be it. thinking. I can just do it mm -hmm. right with animal, with the animal flow stuff, because I can see the nature of that movement. I know that this is something I've on the outside. I don't need someone else to be able to get into a flow state. I can just go on a mat, right? I can go on a mat or I can just like you mentioned on a beach yeah. right oh, i can man, just so imagine cool. i can imagine with all those movements just being able to fucking flow from movement to movement if i when i'm able to drill it enough and i understand yeah. the nature of the movements i can just flow and flow states it's almost like being high to I be know. honest look at that like that's yeah. wild look at that. yeah oh but, man and flow state for you guys wondering what the fuck is this flow it's like as a musician, when you get into a guitar riff or when you're looking at some dude doing a kettlebell juggle, you see them just like, wait, but he's not even thinking. Well, there is thinking, but there's also like this almost like transcendental kind of like you just let it go. The body knows what yeah. to do. The just body's go. just going. So you don't need to think. It's just like, you know, if I were to do a deadlift, I don't have to think before I do it. I can mm -hmm. just 
The bar's there. Step up to the bar, go. I don't no. need to think about anything because it's everything's drilled in. That's how I feel with jujitsu. And I can see that I can get there with animal flow over time. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a while. But I don't think it'll take you that long. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I it really does. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but it's amazing. Man, we got to meet again. Yes, Because next do. time is going to be to incorporate some kettlebells, some stuff into the flow. Oh, yeah. So whenever you start, f- and, and, and you see this, whenever you start playing, getting to one position, you're like, man, what a crazy, like, chest, tra- like, back stretch. Mm-hmm. What if I do, like, 10 push-ups here? Oh, shit. Then you move around and, like, oh, man, what if I, and you just start exploring these ranges. Like you said, ooh, blow your mind. Yeah. And so no cool. rules as well. Like you can have fun, you can play. I think play is something that we all need to introduce into our mm-hmm. life a little bit more for sure. Yes. Real quick, that I think that's one reason, that's another thing that's so awesome about it because it's like, that's, I have a friend of mine and uh, her, her, like she really enjoys pole fitness. You mm-hmm. heard of pole fitness? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's another f- <clears throat> thing that like when you see someone who's really good at pole and initially people think of like strippers and stuff, but no, like people do that on just a pole. Yeah. There, you see these some of these women and they are in a flow state. They're just spinning and their bodies are doing shit. But I enjoy forms of fitness that you can just get into a flow. I think mm-hmm. that's why I love jujitsu so much because you just get into a flow. So if any, if you guys are listening, just find something that you can get good at and then just get into a flow. Because once you're able to, once you're able to get into a flow with something, it's cool. Oh, you seek that out so much. I love it. We yeah. have to introduce them to slash ropes. Ooh, slash uh. ropes. Oh man, it's, it's a whole different ballgame too. It's just a, a rope mm-hmm. that has now become, I guess, a brand, right? And it is all about continuous movement in a flow state. So there's not really a plan, but you can't interfere with momentum. So mm. we're not, Paolo's really good at it. Mm. I'm not good at it at all. Don't say that. But, uh, <laughs> there's a guy called uh, Jared Cardoza, right? Jared, uh, Jared. Also known as the crazy trainer on Instagram. Yeah, the guy Instagram. can juggle kettlebells and he does a lot of slush rope work and-, and they're cool individuals they're out there really really free-spirited individuals that just like to move yeah so i think you're gonna love that <sighs> but listen thank you so much for yeah, your time man. thank yeah. you for sharing thank you for being vulnerable <laughs> thank you for teaching us so much that we can take mm-hmm. away um let the audience know where they can find you what you got going on and mm-hmm. just share all the things so you guys can first off find me at mark bell's power project Okay, you can listen to our podcast there. We do a lot of episodes each week. Uh, on Instagram, I'm in Sima Inyang. Instagram and YouTube, and Sima Inyang. And TikTok and Twitter, at Nsima Yin Yang. Um, and yeah, we just, the, the big thing we try to do on the podcast, because that's where I'm, we're releasing the most content, is just like trying to figure out things as far as nutrition, learn new things, learn new things as far as fitness and business and entrepreneurship and all that's concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just putting out what we learn. Like that's, that's all I like want to do. I want to learn more and I want to put all that information out and let people take what they want and discard what they don't. So it's amazing. Yeah, well, thank it. you for it's that. It's about proposing the conversation. That's it. For sure. And you guys offer a lot of value. So you haven't checked that out. I actually was on the podcast a couple of days ago. We had some mm. pretty interesting conversations about poop. Uh, uh, yeah. and all the other things in between but uh thank you dude it's yeah. been an absolute pleasure to meet you yeah i'm glad we connected we shared and and i hope that this is a continued friendship for sure yeah. thank you, I best best you. we're gonna be watching you because i know for a fact that if you if it's your first time hearing about this dude well you're lucky because you're gonna be hearing a lot more of him oh, i'm for sure. sure thank you guys i appreciate that for sure thank you guys for listening and we will see you very soon have a good one 